Aaron Whitlow from the Mark I Movie Podcast. I'm here to do another episode of Book V Movie. Like I said in the last episode, in which I compared Ready Player One, the novel, to Ready Player One, the film made by Steven Spielberg. I am doing this uh, time around, I'm doing The Mist, the uh, Stephen King novel uh, that was written back in, uh, originally published in 1980. And, um, you know, going to compare it to the film that came out in 2007. And so uh, here we go. First, uh, on Goodreads, the book The Mist got a four out of five. Uh, 94% of uh, Google users enjoy the book or like the book. The uh, synopsis of the book. The Mist is a horror novel by American author Stephen King which a small town in Bridgeton, Maine, is suddenly enveloped in an unnatural mist that conceals otherworldly monsters. It was first published as the first and longest story of the horror anthology Dark Forces in 1980. Published by Viking Press, characters in this book is David Drayton, Brent Norton, Amanda Dunfring, Billy Drayton, Stephanie Drayton, um, there's more characters in this, in this, um, book. Let me see if I can get, uh, specifically, um, the one, Ollie Weeks. It's one of my favorite ones. Mrs. Carmody, Bud Brown, Mike Hatlin, Sally, Dan Miller, Hattie Terman, Hilda Repler, Norm, Jim Grondon. Um, there's several other people. Um, so... Let's talk about it. So in the novel, in the novel here, uh, it starts off with um, a thunderstorm um, on the around the property of uh, David Drayton and his wife, uh, Stephanie and um, and Billy is his son. And so Billy is afraid of the thunderstorm. They're all looking out the window and, uh, you know, um, he is almost as if. Uh, in this, uh, David Drayton almost has like the shining. Uh, I don't know if that's what Stephen was going for, but it seems as if he has the shining because David kind of knows to move from the window uh, because he like he foresees the tree coming through the window. Uh, there's several other scenes in the novel where he. Uh, doesn't go out or go somewhere because he has an inclination inside him. Something in his gut tells him not to. So it seems that he has a bit of this shining. I, like I said, once again, I don't know if that's what Stephen was going for, but uh, it's, it seems it's what, what it is. Uh, and so uh, David uh, and his wife, Stephanie, um, he's a, he's a commercial artist. And he also narrates the story. Um, spoilers, by the way. So, um, the storm destroys, like, knock down a big a big tree in his yard that comes through the window. Um, also, the storm uh, knocks down um, uh, knocks down a uh, uh, you know a tree onto his neighbor's. Uh, car his neighbor being Britt Norton um 
in here, like it, I forget what kind of car it is. It's some type of nice looking car. And so it knocks down a tree onto his car. Um, so the next day as they're surveying the, uh, land, you know, the damage, um, Billy comes across like a live wire, like flailing about on the ground. Um, his mother wants him to stay away from it. His father allows him to, you know, just he his, his mother is more like maternal and protective. Doesn't want Billy to get hurt or dangered or anything like that. The father doesn't want to be hurt or dangered, but he's also realized that he's young and rambunctious. He's a kid, so he allows him to kind of you go just stay at a safe a safe distance away from that, and you know, um, and so. He go so he goes to talk to his neighbor and realize that uh his neighbor's having problems trying to um you know cut down cut cut up the tree that uh you know Matt damaged his property. And so he they talk, they have this conversation, essentially drink beers, um you know, and then and I think in the story though, it seems as it appears as if um Brent Norton is actually a, a white guy. In the movie, the way they switched it up is Brent Norton is actually an African American, which I like it. So in the story, when I was picturing Brent Norton, even when they was describing him with his hair kind of sticking up around the back of his ears and things like that, um, I kind of still pictured um, the guy that played him in the um, in the movie because you know I thought. The guy from the movie did an excellent job, and I'm glad they went that way uh, as far as, like, you know, casting-wise. Um, so they uh, essentially, uh, David, Brent, and Billy uh, decide to go into town uh, in order to, you know, um, get some supplies and come back up to the house. Um, but... Uh, he's seen his wife. Uh, once again, it's The Shining. Uh, David asked his wife several times if she wanted to go with them into town. Like almost not pleaded, but just had a something in him tell told him to have her to come with him. And so, but she refused. She didn't go. She just she was just said, I, you know, I'll stay here and and so she doesn't and she dies essentially. And so, um, so that shows you like he has a bit of a, of the shining. So as he's in town, uh, he finds out that, um, uh, there's like different people, um, you know, there's a lot of people in the store. Uh, they realize that the radio, uh, stations are out. They see a mist coming over the coming over the land they seen it that that day that morning uh but by the time they get to town uh and they go to the store and the power's out in the store and they're trying to get supplies and things like that the mist comes over them and um the mist starts to you know the a guy comes running into the store saying there's something in the mist there's something it just killed joe Something, something, you know, just start, you know, um, it just, um, it's just so many, there's like something in the mist. He had a nosebleed, 
and they did the same thing in the book in the movie um which i can't wait to talk about the movie so uh but in this book they have this conversation uh they they you know about like essentially there's it, it forms cliques inside this, this supermarket cliques of people that don't believe that is anything going on cliques of people that to believe that this is of god uh then there's another clique that is just like well let's just work our way around this and uh figure this out and you know and uh you know, keep cool heads and, uh, and, and think, think clearly and, and, um, you know, uh, respectfully about what to do next, you know, so those are just certain little clicks. Um, also in the backdrop, uh, there is a military base in this area, uh, Arrowhead, the Arrowhead project, they keep mentioning the Arrowhead project. Um, and so there is this, uh, at the store, uh, you meet my favorite character in both adaptions or adaptations is uh, Ollie Weeks. Ollie Weeks is the assistant manager of the supermarket. Uh, he remains among the most sane of the survivors. He's very helpful. Uh, he's just a lovable character, and and in the in both both things, I really enjoyed Ollie. Um, now uh, Ollie does, you know you know, doesn't survive in either story, but, uh, but he, he survives mo uh, almost the whole way through. Uh, and, um, you know, there was, uh, so they are really in the, they're in the, um, store, they're in the supermarket. The mist comes over them. There's a lady in the supermarket that, uh, that decides to want to leave uh, cause she wants to, uh, she wants to go make it home to, to see her kids, right. To get her kids. Uh, and, uh, and she is played by, I'm going to try to pull up her picture. Um, cause she, uh, essentially, uh, Melissa McBride who plays, um, it calls her the woman with kids at home. Um, she is, uh, Carol from The Walking Dead. This movie has so many Walking Dead alumni in this film. It's ridiculous. You'd think that the dude that had this had something to do with Walking Dead. I don't know if he did or not, but crazy. Anyway, uh, so they, uh, they're, you know, she's the woman with, she says that she can't stay there and they try to argue with her, hey, you need to stay here. And she's like, no, no, no. I can't stay here. Uh, I got to get home. There's kids. Will someone see a woman, a lady home? And uh, nobody jumps up to help her. Everybody puts their head down, almost act like they don't hear her and things like that. And then she said, damn you all. And she leaves out into the mist and disappears into the mist. Don't know if she survived or not. Um, and so, the, um, which which is a bit ridiculous, you know, uh, but okay. I'll talk about that. Um so she makes it, uh, she makes it, she goes down to the mist, um, during this, during all this chaos and stuff like that, um, David goes into the back to locate a blanket to put on his son in the book, and, uh, as he's going, he see, he hears something trying to move the, uh, it's like feeling his way in, 
and uh, it's like he hears a rattling noise, and it's like coming from the outside of the building, but it's on the uh, loading dock door, uh, the big steel doors that slide up and down. So, uh, but in the book, the way that I took it is just something like moving itself against it, like kind of like a, a melody almost, you know. But then in the movie, you can actually start bulging in a little bit, like something with some weight behind it that's up against the door. But either way, in both adaptations, it scares him, frightens him, makes him runs out. He runs into some locals and Ollie uh, and, uh, you know, tell them he heard something back there. They start going back there. Uh, they don't really believe him. Uh, then this other kid named, I think his name was Ned. Um, Norm. Norm. Norm is an 18-year-old kid that, um, you know, decides though he wants to go back there and clear the uh clear whatever it is is keeping the generator from not coming on um and so he wants to go outside and clear it so uh you know and they just make it they resolve themselves okay this is what we have to do to fix the problem and he's like no dude you're mad there's like something out there and they are just resolved to do this it's like this is how they deal with drama uh, trauma is to like do work let me i must work on something fix something i can't fix what's going on out here i can fix this and so uh the, i thought that was a really good character um uh analogy i guess of you know how somebody responds to uh traumatic experiences and uh that some people would rather work uh would rather work and not focus on the issue that they can't control, but rather fix something that they can't control. So I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Uh, you know, and, but in the movie, when they're having this conversation, he's like, well, you know, you, what is wrong with you? Are you, are you crazy? Do you not understand? Um, sp since I'm, I'm talking about the movie, let me go ahead and give my quick, uh, things of what they're saying about the movie. The movie gets a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 72%. 58% on Metacritic and 86% like the movie. So the book is liked more than the movie. And I know why it's the end of the book movie, but, um, so they decide to, and, and the movie stars, uh, let me go back to it here. The movie stars, let's go to it. All right. Uh, Thomas Jane is David Drayton. Um, Marsha Gay Harden is uh, Mrs. Carmody. Lori Holden is Amanda Dr uh, Dunfrey. Uh, and Andre Broger is Brent Norton. Toby Jones is Ollie Weeks. Toby Jones, you might know him also in uh, the uh, Avengers films. Um, William Sadler is Jim. Jeffrey Damone is Dan Miller. You know, he played on uh, Walking Dead. Francis Sternhagen is Irene Rappler. Nathan Gamble is Bright Billy Dayton. Uh, this kid is grown up now. Oh, you don't think about that. That he's, he's a little boy in this movie. He's a grown man now, man. Uh, he went in to do some other stuff. I'm glad to see that. All right, and then um, you know, Sam Whitwer. You know him, uh, Private Jessup. He you might know him from uh, um. 
uh, what is that one show where he's like, he's a vampire, and he's roommates with a werewolf, and there's a ghost. I forgot the name of that show. Um, and then once again, Melissa McBride as a woman uh, with kids at home. There's other people in the film. Um, but anyway, so uh, they go to the uh, no, both things. They uh, essentially they go out there to try to clear it uh, with uh, uh, David trying to tell them not to do so. They do it anyway. Try to do it. The doors come up. Both stories. Norm is grabbed. But although in the book it's more vicious, uh, the attack that sounds sounds like happens on it sounds so much more vicious. But the movie is visually great too. Uh, you know, uh, and the CGI for his day wasn't bad, actually. Um, he's gathered up, taken out, um, and, uh, they had to close the, uh, they had to close the, uh, doors. Uh, one of them came in and busted a bag of dog food. They go and they cut off part of it, the tentacle, just kind of look at it a little bit. Uh, so it's almost like, uh, octopus arms, but they, uh, but the, end of them kind of makes a diamond shape but they all have suckers on it and the suckers like can like literally rip skin off of you because it's ripping stuff off norm like norm was being torn apart um you know but uh yeah it was it was really graphic um and then um essentially um david fights one of the guys and uh, pretty much tells him it's his fault that this kid's blood is on his hand. So yeah, they uh they sub they get out of there, and they um go back into the store, going back to the front of the store, and um in the book, man, there's a lot of beer drinking. <laughs> so it's so much so so many sentences is dedicated to them just drinking the beer up. And then the guy that's like the manager of the general store is getting upset because they all drinking and eating all the products. I thought that's pretty hilarious. Um, but uh, so they pretty much resolve to fix, like to keep it, keep it, keep it quiet, but just let people know what's going on. Just like alert people. He, uh, David tries to tell Brent, Brent is a lawyer. So Brent doesn't, he feels he just cannot, he will not believe it. And he tries to drag him back there and he will not believe it. He doesn't want to go back there. He he it's something he doesn't want he doesn't want this to be a reality, essentially. So he what he copes with trauma is denial. He denies it. He denies it even really exists. And um which is which is crazy. Um so a lot of other things happen in the in the, there's a dumb both both stories has a dumb mission where they try to go to the uh, uh, pharmacy to get supplies and then experience spiders there. Both of them have that dumb type of plot subplot that they had in there. Uh, so I thought that they could have avoided that. It was unnecessary. They didn't come back with nothing. And the character that it wasn't really an important character to warrant that type of mission. And um, and then at this, all in the background, Mrs. Carmody is having devout followers start to really emerge and stuff like that. Um, now I don't remember if this happened in the book. 
Um, but in the movie, they threw the soldier outside that went to the base and sacrificed him to the monster. Uh, so that was like at the height of the cult of Mrs. Carmody. Um, and they did that in the in the movie. Um, now, like once again, I don't remember if it happened in the book. But uh, I thought that was crazy. Um, and then the end of it essentially it ends both the same. Where uh, They try to make their way out, um, uh, hide groceries to try to make their way to the uh, vehicle and run. And um, at the end, they are confronted by the cult of Mrs. Carmody, including Mrs. Carmody. And she, um, you know, she's trying to tell them to stay there. Although in the movie, in the book, it sounded it seemed like Miss Carmody was like a much older lady, um, but yeah. So Mrs. Carmody essentially, uh, Ollie ends up shooting Miss Carmody, uh, and uh, they all try to make it out to the car. Ollie goes open the door and stands there, like happy they made it there, and he gets killed. It's just that was dumb. Both stories is dumb with, with Ollie's death. I wish Ollie never died. Um, but the ending, so this is the end. So a group of them try to get in the car. Only only a uh, few of them make it. Uh, David Drayton uh, makes it. Uh, some older dude made it. That it, But in the movie, it was the guy that first came in and told him about the mist. He made it. Uh, let me see what his name is because um, he because he played on walking dead uh jeffrey dump Dem- Dem- dan miller dan miller so dan miller makes it he um he survives and uh uh let's see mrs mrs rippler made it as well and then some lady uh Amanda Dumfries, she makes it. Um and so they all are in the car and Billy obviously. And so in the book they essentially make it to some place, some building, and they're held up, everybody sleep, and this is where uh Billy uh David is writing this letter and narrating saying what all he went through. And this is where they're at now. Um, essentially, um, this is where we're at. And if you read this, this is what happened. We're out sleeping right now, resting. But then we're going to go on to try to see what we can do to survive the next day. That's how it ends. Something like that. Uh, in this movie, they make it so far where the gas ran out. And instead of being destroyed or killed... By the creatures are starving to death. Uh, they have a gun, and the gun has only a few bullets left. And so, David looks at looks at the people that's in the car, and uh, because and they all quietly admits that this is okay. And so David shoots them, shoots them, boom, boom, shoots her, the old lady, boom. Shoots the uh, Amanda Dumfries, boom, and then bam, kills his son. And then he get, he screams, he gets out of the car screaming, wanting the monsters to come and eat him up. He's wanting them to eat him. And then the mist 
you hear something coming in the mist, you think it's the creatures, and then all of a sudden the mist dissolves and you see that it's the military. The military comes right when David kills everybody. And essentially they're saved, but it's a little too late. Uh, and on the back of the envoy, convoy rather, you see the lady who went out into the mist at the beginning looking like, will somebody help a woman woman out the woman went by herself and she ended up thanking to her kids and she's on the back of the military truck and she survived and she's the winner she lost nothing and david lost everything because also he drove to his house and seen his wife was wrapped up in spider webs and she's dead yeah that's the end ah so let me go and get my Mark outs for these. So book V movie, The Mist. Alright, so for the book, I'm gonna give the book I'm gonna give the book uh three and a half mark outs out of five. Uh it was entertaining. It didn't keep me as engaged as the Ready Player One book. And I'm also currently listening to Armada, which is uh Ernest Clyde's uh Clive's I think his name's Klein's uh, second book, uh, you know, after he did Ready Player One, I'm listening to that right now, but that doesn't have a film adaptation, so I won't be doing that unless it is. Let me know; I'll definitely do it. Um, well, and then uh, it just didn't get me as engaged, man. Uh, it was kind of boring at first, really. Um, so there you go. But uh, but the monster stuff was good. But the movie is so much better. So let's go to the movie. The movie, I'm going to give it four and a half mark outs out of five. Uh, it was fun. Uh, good cast. Um, I love I love siege films. And it was a siege film. Um, anything where people are trapped in a place and they have to survive. That's why Tremors is one of my favorite movies. Because that's exactly what it is. They have to survive being trapped in a place where they are. You know, how do they get out? And so it's brilliant. So I enjoyed that. Which one wins for me? The movie clearly wins for me. Um, the book was good, but the movie's better. Even the ending, as dreadful as it is, the ending's okay. I'm okay with it. Uh, I didn't like it at first when I first seen this, uh, but now I came to respect it and understand that it's not a bad ending. Not everything can be tied up with a bow, and I'm okay with that. All right, so this is the end for Book V Movie, The Mist. Uh, if you have any suggestions for me to listen to, please make sure they're on audiobook. There's an audio version of it, and I will check it out, and I will listen to it, and make sure that there is a screen adaptation of it, and I will watch it, and I will do it. Please just let me know. Uh, next thing I think I'm going to look at doing is Crazy Rich Asians. Um I didn't know that it was a book at first, so I'm curious to see how the book is and then watch the film and go from there. But once again, if you have anything for me to do, please, it doesn't have to be horror. It could be whatever else. I will de definitely do it because I'm all about doing this for you all. So once again, Aaron Whitlow from the Mark Wright Movie Podcast. Thank you very much. And uh, once I finish Armada, I may come and do, do a Armada, just uh, what I'm reading. My first what I'm reading, uh, Brandon typically does it, but I want to do one for that. Um, but yeah, 
Thanks and have a great day.